0: everybody welcome back to the liberty blues network i'm sean osborne going solo here again today uh talking about the reno convention um here was another uh great speaker you know um big libertarian name you know justin amash came and spoke uh you know and he uh he was favored overall by the uh by the older guard you know i mean he's a he was a sitting congressman and stuff. He was there for I believe 10 years he said. So you know, he's a it's a big name in libertarianism. You know, he's new to the party as he mentions here. This was his uh first national convention just like myself, you know, because he ran as a Republican before. Um, you know, and, you know, the, the he has a little bit different he has his own messaging style, but I mean he's a Ron Paul type libertarian. So I like Justin, I'd met him at the uh California convention, so that was he was a He's cool. I got my picture taken with him uh, by the great uh, libertarian photographer, Ovins uh, O'Brien. So there's a nice uh, picture of uh, him and I uh, together on uh, on my Facebook page. Uh, so that, you know, she takes awesome pictures. So I was very honored that she took the time to take my picture and all that good stuff. And, you know, uh, he, he was very, he was very cool. So, you know, some people were giving him health thinking he needed to have better libertarian messaging and that, this and that. You know, uh, you know that's part of, part of being a libertarian is everybody thinks they're more libertarian than the other person. So uh, one thing he talked about in his uh, speech here is about how people, uh, you know, us as libertarians, we're going to run into a lot of people who might agree with on some things but not everything. And we're going to have to convince those people to vote for us despite whatever, you know, uh, their varying beliefs. Uh, and what, you know, we within libertarians, we're going to run into people who have a little bit different points of view and stuff. We're going to have to be tolerant about that. Um, personally, I think the Mises caucus is very tolerant of that. You know, they, they do, they, they have given people hell back, but that was after, you know, hell was tossed their way first, as I saw it. Um, so but either way he spoke from his point of view uh i thought he made good points uh, you know i think he tried to make his points about Mises being hit when it's somebody he looked up to you'll you'll hear that uh but so obviously uh i'd recently read the book too so i knew what he was talking about that was that was kind of good that i had uh, read that recently so i knew where he was coming from um so i hope you enjoy hearing from uh uh, Congressman Amash um, I'd like to remind you please check out This Might Make You Mad on Facebook and the Liberty Blues Network on Facebook and on Twitter I'm at Mad Sean Osborne and you can also listen to my new album Free People wherever you listen to music. Uh, it's a uh, libertarian folk music. Think of Woody minus the communism. Uh, and you know it's real, folk music is uh, something you can play at home and at small parties. Uh I never mentioned this, I don't think before, so far, but I, I never copyrighted uh, the songs. Uh, I've got them all there, all uh, out there for people to use. if you play guitar, you know play them at your events, uh, play the recordings at your events, and let's make Liberty fun again. So with that said, uh, please check it out and let's get to uh, uh, representative Amash. <laughs> Free People is the title track to my new album. Please check it out wherever you listen to music. This album is full of libertarian-themed songs like Tax Man, Which Side Are You On?, Don't Tread On Me, and Take Human Action. A nod to the Mises Caucus, and all the royalties to that song will be given to the Mises Caucus. So the more you listen, the more you give. So please support music with a libertarian theme, and let's build some libertarian culture and get rid of this garbage from the left.
1: I think this is my first national convention, so. Do they usually run like this? Yes! So, I'm here because I want libertarian ideas to win in my lifetime. And I'm hopeful that my experience can help all of you make that happen. So, when I ran for office, for the first time, I ran as a Republican. I thought that that's what you had to do to get into office, okay? And I served in Michigan as a state legislator. And I served there for two years. And in those two years, one fifteenth of all the votes were 109 to 1. So we would vote about 20 times a day, usually at least once a day on average. I was the lone no vote. It was so common it was so common that they called it 109 to Amash. They knew they knew who the one no vote was uh, when it was coming. So when I decided to run for Congress a lot of people in the political establishment thought that was crazy. They were like, nobody's going to vote for this guy. He's voting no on everything. They even did a hit piece on me in the newspaper, where all of my opponents came in there and a whole bunch of other people. They said, yeah, this guy votes no on everything. And um, they cited some of the things that I vote no on. And I remember walking door to door that same week, and I went to these doors and knocked on, them. people would say, oh, there's this great newspaper article about you, about how you vote know when you stand up for us. So obviously it didn't work. I got elected to Congress. They didn't stop me. Now, in Congress, I was the lone no vote 56 times during my 10 years. All over combined were 76 times. So if you add up all of the members I served with, which is hundreds, it's more than the 434 other members because there are people coming and going over 10 years. All of them combined they had low no votes 76 times. I was forty-six or 56 times. So I was 42% of all loan no votes in Congress. In 2011 when I served with Ron Paul I was... All other members combined was five times. Over those ten years I was the most fiscally conservative member of Congress during that ten-year period. (laughs) Now I introduced a whole bunch of legislation, a bunch of amendments, the amendment on NSA surveillance that stopped them from spying on us. Visa, ending the no-fly list, protecting whistleblowers, balancing the budget, revealing the Jones Act. We've got Libertarian. They knew what I was doing. I might have been serving the Republican Party for much of that time. But they knew exactly what I was up to. I wasn't shy about it. Whenever I... There's a... Hold on a second. Alright, I had to turn that phone off.
2: It was playing music.
1: I don't know if you guys can hear it. So, okay. Three o'clock tea I don't know this, but so, in those 10 years, I was very clear that I was a libertarian. I didn't hide I went home, I told constituents I was a libertarian. I talked about it at town halls. I talked about it on TV. I talked about it on social media. People weren't surprised to find out that I was a libertarian. It wasn't a secret. And they kept electing me over and over again. And I tell you this to make a point that libertarianism can win. Libertarianism is popular. People want with and other positions of power influence in this country to make a difference so we can take away the power from the government. at the core of Libertarianism. It's this philosophy. I've got this book from Mises here. Liberalism. This is Mises book, Liberalism. Okay, what is Liberalism?
0: Liberalism, as Mises talks
1: about, is the philosophy of human cooperation. It's human cooperation that brings progress and happiness. And I think too often, as libertarians, we don't focus enough on that. Mises sure does focus on it in his book. Throughout the book, he talks about the importance of human cooperation. And I think too often, we let ourselves get labeled as selfish or not caring about other people. We're doing it all for ourselves. When really what we are about is human cooperation. This is the philosophy that is largely the philosophy that our country was founded on. It's a philosophy of peace. And the Libertarian Party is the party of liberalism. Now, what is the point of a political party? The point of a political party is to win elections. And some of you may have heard me say this at other events. It's not about activism. I think activism is very important. A lot of us are involved in activism in various ways. And we want those activist activities to translate into our work here in the Libertarian Party. We want this party to grow. We want people who have been brought into the Libertarian movement to come here to the Libertarian Party to organize together so we can win elections. But this brings up a good question. Who's a real libertarian? A small number of antisocial individuals, i.e., persons who are not willing or able to make the temporary sacrifices that society demands of them, could make all society impossible. Without the application of compulsion and coercion against the enemies of society, there could not be any life in society. Here's another quote. Anarchism misunderstands the real nature of man. It would be practical only in a world of angels and saints. Libertarianism is not anarchism, nor has it anything whatsoever to do with anarchism. All right, I'll read you some more quotes. (laughs) One must be in a position to compel the person who will not respect the lives, health, personal freedom, or private property of others to acquiesce in the rules of life and society. For the Libertarian, you're gonna like this one. For the Libertarian, the state is an absolute necessity. (laughs) Since the most important tasks are incumbent upon it. This one's a great one. It is not at all shameful for a man to allow himself to be ruled by others. You like that one? (laughs) <laughs> Libertarianism's thinking is cosmopolitan and ecumenical. It takes in all men and the whole world. It would be really preposterous to suppose that the nations turn to imperialistic policies as a favor to the ordnance manufacturers. <laughs> That's an interesting one. The libertarian demands that every person have the right to live wherever he wants. Here's another one. The narrow-mindedness which sees nothing beyond one's own nation, and which has no conception of the importance of international cooperation, must be replaced by a cosmopolitan outlook. All right. It is manifestly absurd to break up the ever-increasing unity of world economy into a number of small national territories, each as autarkic as possible. And finally, The Libertarian demands that the political organization of society be extended until it reaches its culmination in a world state that unites all nations on an equal basis. So what do you guys think of those quotes? So, now, now I'll let you know that those are quotes by Ludwig von Mises. All of them. is, for one of my heroes, in this book, Liberalism. That's just one book. There are other quotes that are good, too. And I bring this up because, like you, I find a lot of those quotes questionable. And the point I'm trying to make is, I think we are often too quick to judge each other. Now, those quotes, I didn't present you any context. You don't have any context for those quotes. But kind of like tweets, they're out there. And I think what happens so often with libertarians is we're quick to judge each other. We're quick to say someone else is not a real libertarian. I think if someone had tweeted a lot of these quotes, we would say, or many people would say, that's not a real libertarian. But it's von Mises. Mises said those things. If we're going to be a real political party, forget about being a real libertarian. If we're going to be a real political party, we need to win over a third of the country. And, and if Ludwig von Mises or Justin Amash. Or pretty much anyone in this room is not libertarian enough for you. It's not going to work because I can assure you. I'll just use myself as an example. If you say Justin Amash isn't libertarian enough for you, then I've got news for you about the rest of the country. <laughs> as I, as I explained to you. Did it, And I was by far the most libertarian person over that period of time. By far. If if I'm not a real libertarian, or if Mises is not a real libertarian, we've got problems, okay? We're not going to reach the numbers we need to affect change. We need to be a group, an organization here, that accepts people who don't agree on everything. I think we need a very simple message. We shouldn't get bogged down in the minutia. We need a simple message that reaches a lot of people. And for me, one of the things I think we should talk about as a message is this idea of decentralization. <laughs> we frame it. The word decentralization is a scary word to a lot of people because it's a long word and has multiple
2: syllables.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of people when they hear it, it sounds a little bit technical. We need to think about how we present it. But decentralization goes back to this idea that I talked about earlier, about human cooperation. It's this idea that Hayek talked about, another one of my heroes, about... are the the limits of knowledge, of human knowledge. He wrote an essay, which I encourage you all to read, called The Use of Knowledge in Society. And in that essay, he talked about the limits of human knowledge. And it's precisely these limits of human knowledge, this humility that we have as libertarians, that impels us toward this idea of decentralization. Because when you centralize, thinking, when you centralize planning, what you're doing is arrogance, right? You're saying that someone in some faraway place knows better than billions of people in the world how to run their own lives. That you can stick a bunch of people in a room in Washington, DC, or at the Capitol, and they're going to figure out your life better than you're going to figure out your life. Well, I've got news for you. They're not going to figure it out better than you figured out. I was there. They're not figuring out. <laughs> Decentralization is an acknowledgement of our humility. It's an acknowledgement that we respect the idea of diversity. That we respect that people have different opinions and different views. And then we want to utilize all those differences to make the world a better place. The only way we can do that is if we don't have someone telling us that we can't work together. Right? That's what government does. It tells us that we can't work together. It says it's going to substitute its own plan for our plans. And the reason I think this is a great thing for libertarians to talk about is is because it's so ingrained already in the American experience. Americans understand this idea of federalism. We understand the idea of localism. We understand the idea of divided powers. Look at how often we talk about things like separation of powers. That's not a thing that's commonly talked about in a lot of countries around the world. Here we talk about it regularly. So we as libertarians have an advantage in talking about these things. And we can also highlight the hypocrisy of the two old parties. Look at what they do in Congress, the the Democrats and Republicans, each trying to centralize power, each telling you that they know more about your life than you do. I was in Congress, and what they did every day in Congress was tell even the individual members of Congress that we weren't allowed to represent our constituents. There hasn't been an amendment in the House of Representatives offered from the floor since 2016. So not only can your members of Congress not offer legislation and have it come to the floor, they can't even offer amendments and have those amendments voted on on the floor. The legislation is take it or leave it. So for all those people out there, um, in the Democratic Party especially, who talk about democracy, Those politicians who talk about democracy in the Democratic Party, they don't believe in democracy. Because what good are democratic elections if when you elect those people to positions of power and responsibility, like Congress, they're not allowed to actually represent you? What good is the democracy? So we all get to vote for people, but then we send them to Congress, and then Nancy Pelosi decides everything? How does that make any sense? How is that democratic? So we need to reclaim these ideas. And for those who are afraid of the word democracy, again, read liberalism, read Mises, read Hayek. Mises has two chapters on democracy in this book. We need to reclaim ourselves as, as the party of democracy, of diversity, of tolerance, of humility. Not, I like not you. let, I like let the parties Claim those labels that they don't deserve. right. The other thing we can talk about as libertarians is the rule of law. And when I talk yes. about the rule of law, I don't mean what um, President Trump might have said, like law and order, no. right? It's not about beating up bad guys. The rule of law means that the law is general, equal, and certain. That means It means we have equality before the law. Another concept that Hayek and Mises talk about. Equality before the law. In this book here, Liberalism, Mises talks about this concept and talks about how libertarians, although he calls them liberals in the book, we're the ones who don't believe in special privileges. We're against all special privileges. We believe in the law. on this because they keep talking about equity. Now, equity sounds like equality, but it's not the same thing. Equity is just another way of saying the government is going to decide who deserves what. Equality before the law means the government is not deciding those things. The government is staying out of that. We have equal rules that are generally enforceable against everyone. No one gets any special favor or special privileges. That doesn't mean the government can't do wrong, and that we don't address those things. In fact, that it can't do wrong to specific people, as it has historically. Like blacks who were enslaved in this country. Like American Indians who faced persecution. There are wrongs that the government does, and the government can correct those wrongs. But the general principle must be equality before the law, not the government deciding who wins and who loses. Now, Republicans, they also don't believe in equality before the law. They also believe in special privileges for people. Look at the, um, the farm bill. Look at the kind of subsidies that are out there, depending on which industry you work in. Look at the way Republicans treat policing where a police officer can do the same thing you do and get away with it, because that police officer has qualified immunity, or is treated differently under the law, has some kind of special protection. So Republicans also don't believe in this principle of equality before the law. So I think this is another principle that is fundamental to libertarianism that we should be talking about. And finally, what we need to focus on is protection of rights everyone's rights, all their rights. When you look at the Republicans and the Democrats, they talk about some of the rights. You can imagine in your own mind which rights each one talks about. You'll hear Republicans talking about the Second Amendment, sometimes these days even about the First Amendment, but then not caring that much about the Fourth Amendment, not caring that much about cruel and unusual punishment or the death penalty or other issues that come up. And you hear Democrats talking about certain rights, but then not caring about other ones, and increasingly not caring about the First Amendment. So we can be a party that talks about the entire Bill of Rights and beyond it. Because the Bill of Rights is not all of our rights. They're not all contained in the They're not all enumerated there in the Bill of Rights. Our to to us as So we need to be out there talking about these issues, trying to find common ground with people who already agree with us on so many things. That's what I think we need to do as a party. So now let's go out and make libertarian ideas win. Thank you for <laughs>